Second John, verse 13, excuse me, verses 4 and 5, 5 and 6, 5 and 6. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. This evening we're, we're connecting these ideas and John, as we started in the, in the outset of this letter, he mentioned that elect lady and he mentions the lady again in verse 5 here as we read it this evening. Our text in verse 13, the close of the letter, the children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Title for the message this evening is the elect sister, the elect sister. So there's a lot going on in this letter, and maybe at first glance, when, when you saw that we were heading into 2 John, you might have thought to yourself, well, there's not a whole lot here. We're just going to skip and hop through this letter, and we might have spent more time lengthwise in, uh, in, in 2 John than we did in 1 John. But there, this is such an action-packed letter. It really is for the reader, for the believer in Christ, for that one that desires to follow after the Lord and to keep his commandments. The elect sister, the when he says we had from the beginning uh, in verse 5, he's connecting two different groups, okay? He's connecting the elect lady of verse 1 and the elect sister in verse 13, okay? And their connection, again in verse 5, now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. Well, who had that? Who had that commandment? And who had it from the beginning? Please turn, if you would, to, to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give unto you. Wait a second. John said, not a new commandment. Right? He said, not as though I wrote a new commandment. But G the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking to that early church there, the representatives there, the, uh, the apostles. He says to him, verse 44, a new, 34, a new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So this connection that we have between the elect lady and the elect sister, that is evidence that they both have not a new commandment in the time of Second John, but it was a new commandment that the Lord Jesus Christ gave them in John chapter 13 tells us that these two sisters are sister churches, yeah. and they have a common commandment from the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. to love. And how is love expressed? First, Second John, verse 6, this is love, that we walk after his commandments. Yeah. The elect sister. There's three simple points that we have in the message this evening. And when he says, the children of thy elect sister greet thee, that greeting is to draw oneself to, okay, to salute, to welcome or receive joyfully, to as by the arms enfold, 
Okay. So you might say if you go over to the book of Luke and you start reading about a prodigal, certain prodigal son, and uh, when the dad saw him afar off, he ran and he hugged him and he kissed him and he threw a robe on him and put shoes on him and a ring on his finger. He greeted him, didn't he? Boy, that's a greeting to say the least. But that's the affection that one sister church had toward another sister church. So before we get too far into this message, I want to say this, that just as much, if not more, like I'm really excited about going to Texarkana in a few days. But I look forward to Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, Tuesday, greeting y'all and being greeted. There is, uh, in, in according to the gospel of Christ and according to the to the grace that he has given us to be in this local assembly, it should be something that we look forward to all week to see one another. And we should spend time with one another outside of this assembly, and we do. But it should be something that we look forward to, to, to gather around the word of God and hear the cherished truths of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be encouraged in these things, to be exhorted, to be uh, rebuked, and, and, and to find comfort to, to, to see the, the, the chastening of the Lord through the scriptures, yeah. but also to find the peaceable fruit of righteousness in hearing such things. And it ought to be a wonderful thing for the children of God to meet with one another. But what is this all around? I mean, there, there, are, there are people who are the children of God that are not members of this assembly, but why do they have a special affection one sister to another? Well, at least three different three different. Um, points we're going to have here. They have a natural relationship. They have common characteristics. And they have a natural, even a supernatural affection. Okay. So a natural relationship. Uh, Carissa and Layla are sisters. Okay. But what does that mean? If, if, you, if, if you hear that Carissa and Layla are sisters, just like this elect lady and this elect sister or sisters. What does that mean? Well, you know if they're sisters that they are independent individuals. They're not the same person, right? They're independent. They're not joined. And they, they have different minds. They have different thoughts. They have, they're different. But they're the offspring of a single progenitor. What does that mean? A person from, or, or a thing from which a person or thing originates. They got the same parents, is what that means. They have a natural relationship. And it would be ridiculous to say that one sister, the elder unto the elect lady, or the children of thy elect sister, it would be ridiculous to say that Carissa or Layla originated from a mother, but the other one spontaneously combusted. Wouldn't that be a ridiculous thing to say? It would be a ridiculous thing to say if I said one of these pecan trees came from the, the seed of an acorn tree, or a pecan tree, but another one, I don't know what happened, it just showed up there. You know, nothing, nothing happened. There's just a pecan tree there. That would be a ridiculous statement, wouldn't it? They have a natural relationship then because they have a natural flow of, of generation. Okay? These two being independent, they're anonymous. 
Carissa and Layla as children. They're both independent and they have minds and I'm teaching them to be autonomous, meaning to take care of themselves, to have their own minds and take care of themselves within reason, within parameters, of course. But they're born of the same parents and they're born of the same lineage. And both are elect. You see this uh, in the scriptures, the elder unto the elect lady, the children of thy elect sister. So being elect, they're picked out or they're chosen. Okay, So I don't believe that John is talking about two orphaned sisters who have a, a fond connection to one another. And then he's, he's referencing all these things in the middle and then giving, them, giving the credit to these, these orphaned sisters who are picked out of an orphanage. I believe these are elect unto salvation. And if you want to say, and if you allow me the phrasing, the elect of the elect who are granted the grace to be in the Lord's true assembly, which, you know, this... The fact that there's one sister and another sister does away with any idea of a universal church, right? Because if it was a universal church, it would be uh, the children of the great, wonderful, mysterious, spooky ghost sister greet you from somewhere else in the world. But no, it's one sister in one location greeting another sister in another location, both having origin from a parent church, you could say. So why is that important? Why is that important? They're granted their elect, they're chosen, and the proper church members. Why is that important? Everybody's got family, right? Everybody's got family. You know, sometimes our families, they can be real dirtbags, but we give them some slack. Why? Because they're family, they're blood. We have a natural affection, a relationship toward them. These people, when John was saying, I greatly rejoice that I found of thy children walking in truth... He's telling them in verse 4 that having a natural affection and relationship toward them, he saw, he, it was great for him to see his, his, the sister church doing well and behaving in an appropriate way, walking after the commandments of God. Now, let's put that in a natural sense, in a natural relationship, relationship sense. It's, it's good when you hear that, that one of your cousins turned out okay. It, it's good to hear that, that your grandchild got into school and they're doing it. It's good to hear that people of a natural relationship are doing well. Well, of a natural byproduct relationship, it, he was pleased that the sister of the church that he was part of, the sister church, was doing well. It was, and, and that's evident throughout this letter. So let's pause just for a moment and discuss church organization. So let's say for a moment that 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 um, well it's I'll give you the the uh, the proper example. The church in Denham Springs they they had brother Curtis Pugh as a missionary in Romania. Now he was originally out of the church there in Mantachi, Mississippi. But for reasons I won't get into, his, he transferred membership to uh, Denham Springs. So while he was in Romania, he was witnessing the gospel over there, and the Lord saved Raul and Yeti. Okay? The Lord saving Raul and Yeti and a few others. Now there's a group over there. 
And the Lord having saved them, Curtis Pugh baptized those people. And this is following the outline of what happened in the, in, from the church of Jerusalem to the church of Antioch in the book of Acts. You can follow the same pattern. So Brother Curtis went over there. He saw that there were believers under the authority of Grace Bible Baptist Church in Denham Springs. He baptized those believers, and they are all members of Grace Bible Baptist Church. They sent word back and said, hey, look, there's believers over here and they've been baptized and and I've been with them for a while. And it would be right and appropriate to organize that church. So the church in Denham Springs gave authority for members out of that church who were native to Romania that they then secede and become a, a local independent body, a daughter church. When we voted in doing that, that church then became an independent body. The church in Denham Springs had no authority over that body whatsoever. They are just as much a church as the church in Denham Springs. And they continued in truth. They continued in, in the doctrine of, uh, of, uh, of the church, of, of salvation, of application, of warning, all these things. Okay. And that church over there in Romania now, we can call them properly a sister church because I believe this church had a, quote, mother church. Again, if you allow me that. But we're independent from an army. How often do we call over in Henderson, Texas and get permission to do anything? No. That's right, So if we, if, if the Lord blessed us and, uh, and there, we sent somebody out or, or we, we, it just happened that we were to uh, establish a a new work out of this assembly, they would be an independent. They would be a daughter church. But all churches, you could say, are sister churches under that original church that Jesus Christ formed there in Galilee some 2,000 years ago. Sister churches. So it's wonderful to have a sister church. It really is. And just because a church has the name Baptist on the door doesn't mean they're a sister church. Right? It doesn't mean that. There's a, there's a lot of false Baptists. Satan is a wonderful imposter. He really is. He's been disguising himself since the beginning. So I've known churches that had their, quote, landmark, meaning they follow chain link succession, but they don't have common characteristics, which is the second point. Okay, So not only did this church that he greeted and enfolded himself around, along with the, the sister church, the elect lady, the elect sister that is, not only did the elect sister have a natural relationship as being the, the offspring of the first original church there in Jerusalem, but they also had common characteristics, and you have to have both. You have to have both. Okay, so the the common characteristics. They were both just like I mentioned, Layla and Carissa. They have common characteristics. Okay, um, you can look at them, and, and if you see a picture of Carissa when she was six years old, you would think it was Layla. Okay, common characteristics. They have a lot of the same mannerisms. Are they identical? No. I don't believe the churches, the elect sister and the elect lady, I don't believe they were identicals. They're full of individuals. But I believe principally the things we're about to mention, they were identical on. Okay. Um, 
I mean, one thing, you know, people disagree with us on it. I believe the Lord saves them, somebody. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I'm not going to tell you that the Lord saves somebody. They're, you're going to hear it out of their mouth. And I don't believe that's a woman usurping the authority over a man. I believe that's a sinner confessing their sins, as, as it says in Romans chapter 10. But people disagree on that. Again, they're not identical, but substantively, they have common characteristics. First and foremost here, they're consistent in truth. Okay? And we saw that in verses 1 and 2. The elder unto the lake lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. Okay? Not my truth and your truth. This world is ate up with my truth and your truth kind of nonsense. No. What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say? And not only, but all, also all they that have known the truth. I'm convinced that if we were living 2,000 years ago, or both of these, the elect lady and the elect sister, that if, that if we lived back then or they live now, I believe that we would be counted of those who love the truth and would also love them in the truth. And we know the truth, and I believe this would be a church that we would fellowship with, or at least I hope so. I, 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 I hope that that church that John was writing to and writing from, that they, that they would see us as churches they'd want to fellowship with. I know I'd want to fellowship with, those, with these folks, just reading this letter. But consistent in the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us, Forever, The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth ends and begins with God. It does. And God specifically manifested in Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. So consistent in truth. So that, that deals with all truth, right? So the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, whatever it says, I might not understand every bit of it, but I, ought, but I sure ought to believe every bit of it. Sure. Consistent in truth. That the word of God, God inspired, God breathed, is the truth of the word of God. And we will humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the word of God because thy word is truth. Okay. The word of God is truth. Now, there's a lot of assemblies out there. And they're, okay, so let me get, let me, let me touch on this. There's a lot of sisters out there that we're not sisters to. That's right. Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, there's a great whore in Rome that has a whole bunch of harlot daughters, and every one of them is sisters too. And they got a lot of the same characteristics, namely that you have to do something to be saved. You have to do something to be saved. And that's no new doctrine. That's that old Babylonian doctrine, which is the the, the doctrine of, of Cain, which is the doctrine of Satan. I will be like the Most High. I will do something to make myself as God. So having common characteristics in the truth and, and it being said in the New Testament that the Lord's assembly is the pillar and ground of the truth, then I have no common characteristic with a sister from another mother that is not founded in truth. That's right. I wonder why I can't call old Bob or old Jim or old Susie down here and fellowship with them in, in any kind of church capacity because we're not... We don't have sister church fellowship in the truth. Now they might bake real well and they might have great personalities, a lot of qualities that are that are fine to have as a neighbor, but not common characteristics as sister churches. The next thing he mentions, teaching on the church, that's verses one and two. He says the elect lady in truth, and you can't separate church truth and truth. You know, 
if you look in verse 3, he says, Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ and the Son of the Father in truth and in love. If God Almighty can't keep his church through chain-link succession through time for 2,000 years in verses 1 and 2 in truth, then there is no way he can keep my soul by grace, mercy, and peace. I have no assurance at all that he can keep my soul. So while church truth won't save you, it just makes sense if I expect my soul to be saved throughout eternity, that saying that Christ can't keep his promise for 2,000 years should raise some doubt. You see what I'm saying there? So when he says common characteristics, yeah, church truth. I can't fellowship with a church that just comes up out of any old where. I can't, I can't fellowship with a church. I can't go down here and have, have one of these ecumenical uh, meetings. You know what that means? Uh, having different beliefs, but everybody, everybody comes together unified. Oh, we're going to be, we're going to have one purpose and one goal. We'll all be unified, but we have different truth and different teachings and different ideas on everything. Can't do that. That's not a sister. That's not having common characteristics. No, the founder of the Lord's assembly has to be Jesus Christ. That's right. It can't come from Rome. It can't come from somebody. It can't come from Luther. It can't come from whoever. It can't come from me. It has to be the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how does that happen? We've been studying the book of Acts. They that gladly received the word were baptized. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 28, Go, preach baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded, and lo, I'm with you until the end of the world or age. He promises perpetuity. He promises mother, daughter, mother, daughter, mother, daughter relationships until the end of the age or the end of the world. Consistent in soteriology, again, salvation. I, I, cannot, I cannot greet or enfold myself around an assembly that does not teach and preach and hold to the sovereign grace of God according to election, extending mercy and granting the, 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 uh, the security of the believer and eternal peace in Jesus Christ. I cannot fellowship with a church that does not believe that. can't. What's the alternative? The alternative is works religion. And maybe I'm good enough, maybe I'm not, maybe I'll hold on. Oh, I sure hope so. Still works. Any type of religion that pats a sinner on the head and says, you're good enough, you're smart enough, you're okay, just all you got to do is tweak this and tweak that, and you're on your way, that's leading people to a devil's hell. I can't fellowship with, with, a, with, a, with, with sisters from another mother. In such a way. And when I say sisters from another world, that's saying it nicely. I can't fellowship with a harlot daughter. That's right. Can't do it. Consistent in application. Verses 4 through 6. I rejoice greatly that I found that of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the, from the Father. Don't it just pump you up? Brother Adam, doesn't it pump you up when you get on Facebook and you see Brother Raul heading off into danger? I don't got Facebook, brother. Well, you, you, heard, you hear of him, though, huh? 
heading off in the, on the, in the battle in the combat field. On, in the field. In the name of the Lord. When we get these little things over here, and, and Dan Sullivan, he's out there in places where there are no floors, and people that that right. that are desperate have never heard the gospel. That gets me greatly excited to hear that people are walking in the truth, that they believe it. You know, I mentioned before services somebody commenting on our um, on our signs and different things. You know how often I weep in joy because there are people so bold to stand in the community and say, "You're a sinner. You need salvation. Here's the word of God." It's wonderful. It's wonderful to see the people of God believing what God's word says and living it. It's wonderful. I could fellowship with people like that. When Brother DeWitt was here, he stood over there next to me almost the entire hour just crying. So he pointed over there to, to you, Sister Nell, you're sitting in the chair. You're just Oh, what, what a wonderful testimony she has. That even in, even in her sitting down that she was going to stand up for Jesus Christ. He rejoiced when he saw of our children walking in truth. Now I beseech thee, lady, he says, not that as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. What does that love mean? This is love, that we walk after his commandments. Sometimes, Brother Lex, you see me not walking after his commandments. Love means you approach me about it. That's what love means. Love means that if you see me going wrong and you see me uh, drifting off, then you approach me about it. When you see, when, when we go to this conference in just a few days, that elect sister, you know, there's only people that preach messages, and I, it's been a long time since I've been to a conference where I didn't get kicked straight in the kneecap. Thank God for it. It's wonderful to have the common characteristics that we, we can meet people for the first time and yet have a drawing toward one another and a desire for the application of the Word of God that we walk after His commandments and that we be exhorted and, 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 and encouraged, provoking one another in love and good works as we see the day approaching. That, that is a wonderful common characteristic that the Lord's Assembly has. Not saying that we're to just roll over and say, well, that's good enough but to provoke one another in love and good works. It's wonderful. It's a common characteristics of the people of God. It's wonderful to have the common characteristic for warning against Gnostics and antinomians and deceivers and antichrists. Verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Oh, you know, and we, we touched on this several times. Just because somebody doesn't say with their mouth, oh, I don't believe that Jesus didn't come in the flesh. Well, if they believe that there's no outward evidence of his death, burial, and resurrection, they believe that he didn't do anything in the flesh. Read Romans chapter 6 again. In fact... Let's do that because it's that important. Romans chapter 6. Anyone who does not hold to these teachings, whether they confess it or not with the mouth, they are Gnostic. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that were dead to sin live any longer therein? 
Know you not that so that so many of us that were baptized, and that's authoritative local church, mother daughter, chain link succession baptism from Jerusalem to this present day, right. into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. Question: What were what are these other baptisms, and what are they baptized into? Well, they don't have any authority; they're just taking baths. And it might be a great big celebration and lots of people saying congratulations and taking pictures and all this kind of stuff. But it's, it means nothing without that authority. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And you can put in parentheses there, by the glory of the Father. So to say that Christ, that one does not walk in newness of life, that they're a deceiver and an antichrist, a Gnostic, they're also admitting, whether not by the mouth, but they're admitting that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh, did not die in the flesh, and rise again in the flesh. Now, I believe this daughter, this elect sister, this elect lady rather, when she received this letter from the elect sister and John being the writer, that, that she embraced, that church embraced this warning. It might have been difficult to receive, but she embraced the warning and, and counted it profitable. And that, again, is a characteristic of the Lord's assembly. Antinomianism is the belief that one, because of grace, is now free to live exactly however they want. And Paul also addressed the idea, that idea in Romans chapter 6. Another common characteristic of this Elect lady and her elect sister, both being the the uh, the descendants of a mother church through authoritative baptism, was they desired proper self-examination. You know, some folk can't they can't examine themselves, particularly in the scriptures. They got to be right about everything. But look to yourselves, he says, that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Now, the things that we have wrought, that is not salvation. Okay? That is not salvation. What is that? That's process. That's faith and practice according to church polity is what it is. Meaning, what he said back in verses 5 and 6. You're a saved person. Act like it in the Lord's assembly. That's what he's saying. Look to yourselves. Um, If you would, please. And we were studying... And home a few days ago. Look over in First Kings chapter three. You get a bit of an idea from King Solomon. So King Solomon, first uh, Kings chapter three. Solomon made verse one, and Solomon made affinity or had a, 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 a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem round about. Only these people sacrificed in high places. Now, the high places were the open-air worship centers that the Jews had. They were, it was super susceptible to bringing in Canaan, uh, or Canaanite idolatry. Okay? Canaanite idolatry. Because there was no house built unto the Lord, uh, the name of the Lord until those days. Meaning the temple wasn't built yet. And Solomon loved the Lord, and walking in his statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and burnt incense 
in the high places. Why do I read that? Solomon had a great big old spiritual blind spot, didn't he? He loved the Lord, he says, and it says he did. He loved the Lord. He loved God's people. He loved walking after the ways of his father David, who was a man after the Lord's own heart. But that spiritual blind spot that he allowed a little place for the potential of of these idols, these false gods, false representations of deity to sneak into his life. What What was Solomon's downfall? You see it right there in the first three verses. He loved a woman that wasn't a Jew and her, his heart was taken away. And while he was serving God on one hand, he was open to idolatry on the other. Was he looking to himself? No, he wasn't. You see how easy it can happen. Oh, I'm serving the Lord. I read the Bible every day. I just got this, this, and this in my life. But the children of God, self-examination, looking to themselves, that's a, that's a, that's a wonderful common characteristic. You know what? If, if I look to myself and examine myself for sin, I'm going to find it. It's there. I'm a sinner. You're going to find it. Praise the Lord. He illuminates us according to the Spirit of God and through the Word of God of our sin. Look to yourselves. Common characteristics. Discernment. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Being able to tell a believer from an unbeliever based on how they behave themselves. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath not the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, unto the elect lady, into the assembly, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. Not to be a church member. This isn't saying don't invite him in for pot roast. This is saying don't invite him in for church membership. Neither bid him Godspeed. Don't say, I wish you well. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. All oh, this is encouraging in addition to discernment. It's encouraging separate, sanctified living, isn't it? Another common characteristic. What's the source of joy? What brings a child of God joy? Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. But I trust to come unto you and speak face to face. Oh, sister, I can't wait to come to see you. Again, sister, having authority to start a new assembly from a mother assembly in that that chain leak succession from Jerusalem. Sister churches, that our joy may be full. That our joy may be full. As we read last time in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father loveth, hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, that my joy, Christ says, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's wonderful to greet an elect sister. It's wonderful to greet an elect lady that is full of joy, that the the body is just full of of the obedience that God grants according to salvation. It's one of the common characteristics. Again, how can you go to a place you've never heard of or never been but feel right at home 
having a natural relationship and common characteristics according to grace in the Lord's assembly. That's wonderful. There's also a natural and even a supernatural affection. Again, that word greet thee means to draw or welcome or enfold, embrace, embrace. They were not to receive deceivers or antichrists or those that held false, false doctrine. And you know what? Those that are antichrists and deceivers and hold false doctrine, they really don't embrace believers either. They just want to mingle among them. I'll say this. I will literally preach for anybody. Anybody that asks me to preach, as long as I'm physically able, I'll be there. You know, I mentioned these these harlot daughters. If I was invited to come down here to one of these assemblies and speak, I might only speak one time, probably won't even finish the message, but I would go I would go preach to them. I'd go preach to them. But I absolutely would not invite any of those to come here and preach to you. Would not. You know why? I don't share a natural relationship with them. And I don't have these common characteristics with them. This church doesn't hold these common. You know, when, before I came over here, y'all sent me a questionnaire and I filled it out. And I said, this is what I believe. And y'all said, okay, more or less. And, and, uh, and summarizing it down, you hold me to it and I'll hold you to it too and we're going to get along real good because we have common characteristics in truth, church truth, salvation truth, application of these truths and warnings and, and, and examinations and discernment and joy and, and, these, and these, these broader characteristics we find commonality. I don't believe I would speak very long before we found disagreement with these other assemblies. It's precisely why I pass out a questionnaire. Not every single person who says they believe these things actually practice them. I believe it's that important. I really do. I believe it's that important that that, that I, in addition to having a natural relationship, I want you all to be exposed with others who have also these common characteristics as outlined by John here in 2 John. These two elect sisters, these separate churches that have been granted authority, have wonderful fellowship one with another. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. We love you for for who the Lord has has made you in his salvation and who you continue to be in his assembly. That's what John is writing. I do not greet. I do not greet those who do not share these common characteristics, nor do I greet them who do not have this natural relationship. I mean, really embrace it. I mean, there's other people out there. But Carissa has exactly one sister, and Layla has exactly one sister. They've got cousins. You know, there are strangers out there. They've got friends or whatever, but they've got a sister really means something. Y'all know what it means to be church members one with another. You just really love one another, right? Really, and care for one another. Somebody's not here, you worry about them. You care for one another. There's other people that say that they're believers, but we don't have natural relationship with them. We don't have church fellowship with them. They don't have common characteristics. And, and truth be told, if you really ask them about their their their, their ideas on salvation... 
just plainly, most people aren't saved. There's not a whole lot to get super excited about. But the Lord's people, how wonderful it is to be near the Lord's people. They were to receive those and greet those who are the sister to them in faith. I believe when John... Okay, so I just got back from North Carolina. And I, uh, when I was writing a thank you letter to both the assembly and the Hopkins family that kept us, just remembering the time we spent together, I enjoyed just writing those letters. And when they were stuck in the mail, I was, it was exciting to know that they're, they're going to get a letter from us. And, and isn't it exciting too when, when the DeWitt sent us a letter and we read it? Oh, what do they say? We love these people. What do they say? You have such a wonderful bond in the Lord with these folks. A unity of common characteristic. And again, I look forward to I look forward to going to Texarkana. Brother Adam, I can't I'm looking forward to you going. You've never been. I can't I can't wait for you to go. And while we ought to enjoy doing that and looking forward to it, how how long have we been looking forward to that? I mean, we're getting pumped up about going to go see these people, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Because the children of our late sister greet them. Yeah. Take time to sit down with these people and greet them, love them, embrace them as the children of God and those who walk uprightly in the Lord's assembly. It's, it's wonderful that, that, that even right now we could perceive the heart that John had looking forward to that letter reaching these people. And again, I enjoy talking to others and I can't wait to go to... to to Texarkana, but you've heard me say this before too. I love to go other places, but I can't wait to come home. Y'all are my people. Y'all, are, y'all are my people. I enjoy, I enjoy being with y'all, and I love to greet y'all. I really do. I enjoy talking to others. I enjoy sharing the gospel with sinners. Why? Because I know God Almighty, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, is is able, capable, and determined by His authority to save His people from His sins. That's exciting to me, to talk to to sinners. And it's exciting to me to share church truth with skeptics, those that that, that just don't believe these things. Because I know the Lord is able to open the minds and hearts of those that don't believe these things and reveal unto them church truth. I, I really believe He's able to do that. But I thoroughly enjoy my time spending it with y'all. You know, I say you're my people. You're God's people, and we're God's people, and that's what the exciting thing is about it. You know, to to know that I get to spend several hours a week with God-made miracles. You know? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven people in this room that were once dead, and yet they're alive. Go say that in a hospital somewhere. They'll think you're crazy. But if I can if I can be in a room where there were dead people who were made to live, isn't that an exciting thing by the power of God? It sure ought to be. Those who are living it. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. We, that we love each one another in verse 5. And this is love that we walk after his commands. Hungry and thirsty after righteousness. To follow the Lord, to trust the Lord, and to do what He says. 
those who are not deceivers. They're not antichrists. Y'all aren't Gnostics or antinomians or or you're not people that 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 should be cast out of the house or anything like that. But you're the you are those very ones or of those very ones. I believe very much like those that John wrote to him, that he said that he found great joy in. It's wonderful. The elect sister again. The, this is all written in the church capacity. This is all written in the church capacity. So while in measure, in part, someone may know a little truth. Okay, so knowledge is something you know. Understanding is when you get it. Right? Oh, I get it. Wisdom is doing it. So while there may be people out in this world that know a little truth out of the Word of God, and they might know a, a little of salvation and, and a little of this and a little of that. I believe only those that have true understanding, true understanding, I believe the Lord pours that out in His assembly. I don't believe someone can have a firm understanding of salvation and yet have a false understanding of the Lord's assembly because they don't understand that God indeed can preserve. If you don't believe God can preserve, you don't really understand salvation. And likewise, in warnings and examination, discernment. But I believe, and that might, please don't think that I'm that I'm overvaluing the Lord's assembly. If anything, I think I think the Lord's assembly is undervalued. For the glory of God, we should we should have more esteem toward His assembly. That God Almighty does open up, yes, knowledge and understanding and wisdom exclusively in His assembly. In truth, in salvation, in application, in warning, in examination, in discernment, and joy. I don't believe one can walk in truth. Truly. And I mean truly. Unless they are a member of the Lord's assembly. Because if you're not a, a member of the pillar and the ground of the truth, what are you a member of? A harlot daughter? Can you can you hold the truth and be walking among a harlot daughter? I don't believe so. No, the children of thy elect sister greet thee. Does it, does it say how many people are in either one of these things? You know, what, what if the elect lady had 5,000 people and the elect sister had four? Yep. Just not, not 4,000, four. Does that lessen the credibility of the lady or the sister? Yep. It's not important. That's right. Bro. It's not important. What's important? Well, the natural relationship and these common characteristics and the affection that they have one with another. Children of God, we are to greet one another. We should look forward to greeting one another. It should sorrow us when we're not there to greet one another. There should be a void in us when someone's not here that we cannot greet them. We should look forward to greeting one another. We should all look for, also look forward to greeting our elect sisters. Why do we Why do we look so forward? Why are we looking forward to our conference in December? We can't wait to see those of our elect sisters, right? It's exciting. We have common relationship and common characteristics. We have these things in common in Jesus Christ. I would encourage you not to greet 
or receive or envelop yourself, enfold yourself in any other. It would be inappropriate. It would be as though we're bringing someone in and bringing them Godspeed to enfold ourselves on anyone. And I certainly don't want to be a partaker of anyone else's evil deeds. Honestly speaking, I got my own evil deeds that I that I that I'm that I'm dealing with. I don't need I don't need credit for yours either or credit for someone else's either. So cherish the time. Cherish the time. I cherish the time that we can greet one another for about four hours each way to that trip. And then when we get over there we can greet them and then when we come back on Sunday we can greet each other and then look forward to Tuesday and keep it going. I look forward to that time when we can truly greet one another. And I, I, I would encourage us all to ask the Lord to give us a better understanding and a greater desire to truly greet one another. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a touchy-feely kind of a person. I kind of got, I got my own, you know, zone, you know. But greeting one another, I should be more vulnerable to such greetings. God help me in that. Sinner, I would encourage you. You won't greet, but you will be greeted one day unless you repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will be greeted, enveloped, and enfolded in a lake of fire where the, where the fire burneth not, cannot be quenched, and the worm dieth not. How wonderful it is that God Almighty grants grace, unmerited favor. He loves the unlovable. How wonderful it is that He extends mercy. He has compassion on the helpless and the poor and the needy, the wretched. How wonderful He brings peace to those that are brokenhearted. He brings a, tra- a state of tranquility, a state that a soul assured in the, in the finished work of Jesus Christ, content, whatever law. There can never be grace or mercy or peace be found except in the finished work in Jesus Christ that he died, was buried, and rose again. And not just died what man did, but God Almighty in his absolute holy and just fury judged him in the stead of his people. The just for the unjust, a proper substitute. Paying the sin debt. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Oh, what grace, mercy, and peace. Repent and believe this gospel. May the Lord bless the preaching of His word.